episode 19, Samson, the stadium tour. One of the things that I didn't talk about last week, when I read the story about the riddle, I couldn't help but think of Mongo. So Blazing Saddles was a Mel Brooks movie that I just absolutely loved growing up. Inside Blazing Saddles, there's a character called Mongo who's just basically a brute. He's the muscle for the railroad company. Not super intelligent. Mm-hmm. Really just a, just hired muscle. So with that, there's a scene in the movie where they are talking about the plot of the railroad company. The good guys are talking about what the bad guys are doing. And they've captured Mongo. They look at Mongo and they're like, Mongo, why would they do that? And Mongo goes... Mongo only pawn in Game of Life. When I was like, I watched this movie when I was little, and I, I it always stuck with me. And I'm like, what? What is like? What is that? This guy's basically said nothing more than a grunt, and then all of a sudden he spits this out. Right. And so then, as I got older, I realized that it was a it, the joke was he has this super philosophical moment because he's been underestimated as a as a character the entire gotcha. movie, which and, which makes it more funny. I read I, I this, like knowing that going into it then. I read this Samson <laughs> thing and I'm like here's Mongo. Like you just is this big brawny this guy brute just, that's just whapping people right. over the head and then he's got this riddle that nobody can solve. So Yeah. So anyway, um so we finished last week with Samson mourning He's hiding in a cave. He's he's lost. He's probably licking licking his wounds emotionally. Right. Um, physically, he's just won a, a really big battle. But we find him hiding in a cave. We're in Judges fifteen nine. I mean, he's just all alone. I think man. he's alone. Just all alone in a cave. Like you said, licking his wounds. You know. Yeah, I think I think he's sitting in the cave and he's mourning. Uh, yeah. I, we talked about the end of end of last week's episode. He was really attached to this fiance, and she just died, and really spurred these events, mm-hmm. which God knew was going to happen. I think when when he went to his father to t- talk about marrying this particular woman, God said, "This is good. It gives us, you know, I have a reason for this." Exactly. I think God knew this was going to happen. He's there to judge them, right? And He's a judge. It gave him an opportunity to create some conflicts and win some conflicts and get some major, major battles on our side. So with that, he's in the cave. The Philistines are looking for him. They start to attack Judah, start killing his people. They essentially incited a war. The men of Judah send 3,000 of Samson's people to get him in this cave. Right. And they say, we've got to turn you in. Here he's a judge, quite possibly the Goliath of the Israelite army. They don't come to him to have him fight. They come to him to turn him in. So how often are we in the middle of a battle or in the middle of mourning or like have dealing with a loss and our people aren't supporting us? Right. They're just going to throw us to the wolves. Like it's him and God. Mm -hmm. So the Israelites look at him and they say, don't you realize they rule over us? Why did you do this? And Samson says, they started it. Right. (laughs) Why, why they started it? They killed right. her and her whole family. Right, they started this. Right. I'm only doing what they've done to me. I wonder if it goes back to the they started it because the entire relationship between the Israelites and the Philistines. Sorry, Philistines. Yeah. So I wonder if that's they started it. I mean, like from years, you know, because he's a judge, right? So right. I wonder if it comes from. They started it, not just not just killing his wife's his future wife's family, but I mean, I'm talking like all of history, right? Sitting this there, is, yeah, this is our land, and you know, I mean, it could be even bigger than what we think. Yeah. I mean, right? that would definitely be a Mongo moment, right? <laughs> so, so maybe, 
I, I've never he's thought not about all that. Brute, right? Right. He's got some brains. Samson only pawn in Game of Life. <laughs> no, I'm I mean, just saying. I mean, I don't no, know. No, that's a that's a really good thought, and I don't know that I don't know that I'd ever really thought about it. But yeah, it's as his role, and he's got a Nazarite vow, so he's got a closer relationship with God than than anybody else at this time. I mean, God put all of this in motion for Samson to defeat the Philistines, right? Right. I mean, this is huge. Yeah, you might be onto something there. I don't know. I mean, are you are you digging into just the most recent past, or are you talking about all the past? You right. know, well, yeah, because that was my thing. Like when I read that, I thought that's kind of a like a small thing to say. Yeah, like nana nana boo boo. Yeah, but it's. I mean, I think of little kids that are pointing the finger and say, "Well, he started it." Right. But yeah, when you take it into context that way, yeah, that's it's big. That's really big. Yeah. My only problem with that, thinking through it. Would be that the very next thing is he, he he doesn't push. I don't know. I still think that it falls back on him trusting God. So I don't think that it actually changed that. I think he's got a huge trust in God. I think he knows his oh, there's I, no. his his calling is for for this point this these moments coming forward. I think you know. I think that when we talk about Samson, we tend to we tend to lean on as far as his strength is his strength, right? Like his his gifting is his strength. But I think that if Samson were living today we would say that his gifting is faith. Because when you look at his stuff, like it's just a faith thing. Even going back to just walking down the road with and killing the lion, not having a weapon, not having a knife on him. Nothing. Just his bare hands. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> that's a faith thing. I haven't read, and you, some somebody out there has done the research on this, but um, email me and let me know if I'm wrong. I would assume that at this point in biblical history, People aren't walking around without a knife or a sword or a slingshot or a bow and arrow. Something. Something. They're not walking around with no weapons because there's just too many predators. Obviously, out there. there's lions around. Right. Lions and foxes and bears. and so. Right. Definitely. Well, 300 <laughs> less foxes now. Right. So one less lion. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the thing is that I think that his, his over, like his big gifting, I think we overlook the fact that it's really faith. Yeah. Strength is just a, just a secondary. I would agree. I mean, he's got a lot of gifts. Right. And and he's using them to further God's kingdom right. of what he was called to do. Right. I mean, it, it, it makes me go, well, what gifts have I been given that I'm not using right. to do what he's called me to do? Yeah. You know? And, and we're usually pretty quick when we when we think about Samson. We do this with a lot of characters. But with Samson, we're really quick to go, well, he's just really about worried for him. But we're going through four chapters, and there's only a few instances where it's about him. Where it's about him, and so I'm like, maybe, maybe we're a little too fast to point the finger at him. It's looking at it with a different light. I think if you look at it from from an overall view, if you like go back a few steps and look at it, then you see this this lens of what if the reason that his story includes the the few times that he's entitled and and has well, this is what I want to do. What if that's just to prove that that he's a human? Right. Yeah, you know, and we've already established that his narr- his narrative with his nativity talk with his heritage talk at the beginning of the the story puts him in this parallel to Jesus because you hear mm-hmm. where it came from. And right? The, maybe maybe the whole reason that we throw that in there is so that we are reminded: hey, there's only one Christ. Exactly. There's only one Jesus. Yeah. Samson was a really really good judge that made a couple of mistakes, but realistically he lived his life for God and he lived through that Nazarite vow. Right. And he wasn't as selfish as we often color him. I mean, you just brought that back up, the parallels between him and Jesus and Mary was a virgin 
when Jesus was conceived. Samson's mom was barren and she conceived. I mean, there's yeah. there's just some similarities right. there, you know? Yeah. It was a God-ordained conception. Exactly. So, he had a purpose. Because it, I could see people hearing that and saying, well, that's not the same, but it, it's in the same that it, it took a miraculous act from God to, right. to get that to happen. So he says they started it. I'm assuming that they go back and forth a little bit, but it doesn't actually say that. And so he says, look, I'll make you a deal. I will go with you, but you have to make me a promise. You're not going to kill me. Exactly. Tie me up with two sets of fresh ropes Mm -hmm. and deliver me to the Philistine. And so they make him that promise. And so this is, this goes back to that faith thing, trusting God. Yeah. Okay. God. It's in your hands. I don't, I think (laughs) a lot of that Samson knows his people are the chosen people. And if they decided to kill him, that he would be, would have been able to be killed. Right. But he can trust God to know that the Philistines aren't going to be able to kill him. So from there... They take him in. They gather a thousand Philistines around him, and they're mocking him. He leans down, finds a fresh ox that's been killed, tears the jawbone out, right, and kills a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of an ox. After breaking through two sets of new ropes, we talk about him killing a thousand people with the jawbone of an ox. Think about the jawbone of an ox. It says a freshly killed ox. Hey, it's going to take a lot to rip that apart. That's yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of work just to get the weapon out. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that he's got a thousand people that are trying to bum rush him while he's trying to get this jawbone out. Exactly. So, And then to kill a thousand men with it. Right. So he kills these thousand men and immediately, and this is one of the things, like I've had a few conversations with some friends when I told them we were, we were playing the Samson. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, he's arrogant. Okay. Immediately after killing these thousand Philistines, he gives glory to God. Right. Thank you, God. But he's arrogant. And I'm like, (laughs) boy, that doesn't sound like arrogance to me. Thank you for giving me the strength and the power to do this. Right. Right. Now, what he is, though, might be a little dramatic because right after he gives praise to God, he says, but you're going to let me die of thirst. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm so thirsty. This is how I'm going to Give me some water. Yeah. So, and God hears his cry and he says, okay, well, so he gives him some high quality H2O. Right. (laughs) So God gave him a spring so that he doesn't die of thirst. We, that takes us to chapter 16 of Judges. And I should probably tell, tell this. If you have children in the vehicle with you, or if you have children around and we're on speaker, probably should pause this and go ahead and listen to this when you're alone. Right. And then we find him. Now, and this is one of those, th- this is one of those things that yeah. we, we're not going to cover up the truth. And nope. he, he's laying with a prostitute. Yep. That's the Bible being the Bible, man. I right. mean, not, we're not hiding it, you know, and it's not. Always PG. Right. Sometimes it's a little more PG-13 and, and maybe R sometimes. But yeah, so I mean, I've got his urges. He goes to see a prostitute. So he's laying in bed with the prostitute. Mm-hmm. The men of the city find realize that he's in the city. That he's they, hanging out. And they say, at midnight, we're going to go get him. Yeah. And so Samson wakes up, leaves before midnight. And as he leaves... I don't understand why it's in there. He carries the gate... And the post. And the post for the gate out... Of the city. It's got to be just because it leaves the city weak. That could be it. I feel like yeah, it's, so. I feel like it's a sign, especially because there's people plotting to kill him. I think it's a sign that God's saying, you're thinking that you're going to sneak in on my champion, and now you're naked. As you explain it that way, it makes perfect sense. Because you're thinking in the time of period, you're protecting your cities right. and things like that. And if you're just taking away the gate and the post, they can't put up a new gate. Right. They've got to sync the post, put right. new posts in. Yeah. And now if you try to put them in the same existing holes, you've got to go way deeper. So it's a yeah. it's a ton of work. He carries interesting. He carries them off the, 
<laughs> stands above on the next hillside. Yoo! It's over here. Look over here. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I, I did too. Uh, uh, so I, I, I got a crack out of it. I think the reason that he put it where he put it for all to see, and it, it goes back into what we talked about in with Mount Sinai, the Aaron thing, the leadership. Yeah. Where you got somebody at the top of the mountain that's exposed. He drops that there, and it, it just shows, hey, this is this is what we think of your leadership. We can carry your protection and yeah. just leave it out here abandoned for everybody, for everybody to see. For everybody that you to are see. exposed. Yep. Yeah. Because now, not only could the Israelites come in, any of their other enemies, right? And they're there was plenty. and they're super vulnerable, <laughs> right? And anybody that's even remotely around can look and say, "Isn't that the gate of the Philistine city? Yeah. If that's there, let's go get them. We can take them." <laughs> so yeah, so I think it's a huge thing. Maybe it was planned out, maybe it wasn't planned out, but in hindsight, really big thing. So later in chapter 16, you find the big story that we've all heard, but we're going we're gonna to tear into it a little bit. Samson meets Delilah, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's more than a prostitute situation. I feel like he falls hard for her as well. I put in my notes that he's blinded by either lust or love. It might be lust, but I, I just feel like with the prostitute thing coming just before this, it makes me lean away from lust because he wasn't staying with the prostitute over lust. So it wasn't just the sexual side of it. Right. I think that there was a, a more of a connection. Yeah. So maybe not maybe not love, but something something emotional, not just physical. Or else he could have just left and, and picked up a new prostitute. And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley whose name was Delilah. So he loved her. KJV says he loved her. Yeah. They, the Philistines, worked her by offering her money, enticing her with money, and you know, offering her all this kind of stuff to figure out his strength. And I just go with he went to the valley because he loved her, right? He loved a woman in this valley. She got manipulated by the Philistines, and, and she got enticed by by money, <laughs> kind of like uh, um, Judas gets enticed by money, right? Right to to give somebody up again. Another similarity where. Somebody gets offered money to to give somebody up, and here's here's the thing with that though, because I was going, I, I immediately went to Judas thing as well, like the correlation. Judas got thirty pieces of silver. It yeah. says that the leaders of the Philistines gave Delilah eleven hundred eleven hundred pieces of silver. That's a lot. Eleven, like that's almost like saying. Your children's children's children right. will never want exactly. Just find out what his strength is. Yeah. Where does it come from? And we, and I I referenced this yeah or several episodes ago I I was like Delilah bah. that's a that's a lot of money I have to think that in the back of her head she was thinking he'll be okay it's money if I give him the strength he'll still be okay God's protecting him right and I could be completely Israelite God is I could be him. completely yeah. wrong about that but I just feel like there's got to be a connection there I feel like she has to have felt something too or else I don't think that they would have ever gotten that high yeah i think that they looked and said this is the only way that we can get in and it doesn't matter how much it costs us right we have to pay her that they said they started trying trying to get her to to flip i think that it worked its way up to 1100 pieces of silver yeah it probably started much smaller and she was like absolutely not no (laughs) but then once it got to a certain point she was like Mm. generations exactly are going to change everything and it's easy to just say well she was a floozy, and she didn't care. But I think that it's probably more than that. Yeah. The great thing is that we get to decide. Yeah, we get because to. Because at the very beginning, he says, went down to the valley, or went loved a woman in the valley of 
sort. I'm like, he loved her, right. you know? So she asked him and he says, well, if you take seven new non-dried bow strings and tie me up, then it will zap me in my strength. So she tells him, <laughs> she arranges for some Philistines to hide in the house. They, uh-huh. t- they tie him up and snap. I found this humorous. So like he's screwing with her big time. I didn't. I, it wasn't humorous for me. I I went a completely different direction with this. Yeah. Okay, I see where you're going. Because when I read that he said, tie me up with seven new bowstrings, my first thought was, how do you get your lover to let you tie them up? There you go. I didn't go that way at all. My brain was like, this is kind of funny. He's like joking. He's like being funny with her. And so my thought is that. (laughs) And then it could go the other way. My thought is that it's a physical, the physical relationship of it. And so they're in bed. They're willing to give it up. And she ties him up to be kinky. Okay, so that's that makes my a lot more sense. And th- so then they tie him up. He breaks three. Yeah, no issue. Then the next time, new he ropes, some brand new ropes. Yeah. and that's why I'm like, it's always a tied up thing. Yeah, it I is. Think we found Samson's kink. But what's the weave of his hair though? Still being tied up. <laughs> that's kind of weird. Okay, teach their own, I guess. I, I, I yeah. So I, yeah. and I could be wrong on that. It could be like. <laughs> Could be like the Paul thing. I'll get to heaven. Sam's gonna be like, dude, I'm not into that at all. Exactly. He's gonna slap you. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> into tomorrow. <laughs> Boom. I hope his hair hasn't grown back if he does. Well, it did. <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. sorry about that. But, yeah, <laughs> Spoiler <was> alert. <laughs> uh, the next thing is new ropes that haven't been used, mm-hmm. which we know already that that doesn't work because he was tied up with new ropes when the. Um, yeah, back when here. The Israelites still come from the cave. Yep. So they do that, have people hide in the house again. And so this was my thing. This was my original thing with Samson was, at this point, how do you not catch on? Why does he continue to provide the information to her? Why? Why does he entertain this at all? He knows what she's trying to do because every time she sets up, it's it's like uh, in that uh, cartoon where this little girl keeps putting a football down and every time this kid goes to kick it, she yanks it out from him. Almonds. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like, right? <laughs> like sticky rat. Right. It's almonds. Yep. Some form yep. of. Some so, I mean, she's, this girl nut. just takes the ball every time. And I, and I feel like that's exactly. I mean, wouldn't at some point you understand you keep getting your butt handed to you by these Philistines because she does what you told her to do. Right. But I guess love is blind sometimes. Well, yeah. Or and ignorant. It's, it happens three times. A couple of those times, I think you could just say, oh, well, they found me. Because you, you know that they're looking for him. And so, of course, especially if my suspicion that it's while in bed right. is a thing. You're exposed. Be- yeah, because it, that could be a fluke. But yeah, I still feel that when you get the seven braids thing and he does that, like at that point, I'm like, really? So yeah, the next thing is that we weave my seven braids into your fabric loom and then tighten it with your shuttle. So if you haven't if you haven't seen an old style of like blanket weaving, you can Google that and it will make a lot more sense when you actually see how they how they yeah. weave stuff. So she does that, same thing. He breaks breaks out of it, it's no issue. And so finally, he she starts nagging. Yep. Like and I that's my reference. To I wrote nagging, I which I wrote nagging last week too. The fiance was nagging um, to get the answer to the riddle, and now she's nagging to get the answer to the Nazarite vow. So he finally, finally, after days of nagging, day after day after day, 
she nagged him and he gave in. So nagging, you know, it, it, it eventually just gets to you and you give in. And mm-hmm. so it specifically says she tormented him with her nagging day right. after day until he was sick to right. death of it. And so Fine. let's put a little caveat in here that just because the Bible talks about Delilah nagging Samson and him getting irritated with it, mm-hmm. I still wouldn't recommend looking at your wife and saying, I love you like Samson loved Delilah, but your nagging's killing me. Wouldn't yeah. do it. I, I don't recommend that. That's not marital advice from if you, Blake and If Brittany. you make the decision to do that... Please clarify that you did not hear it on Salt Plus Rock. Nope. But please do send us an email with the outcome. <laughs> so he does finally it's give a don't in. don't do, though. Yeah. Don't do not do it. <laughs> but if you must, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, nope, got a delivery. Yep. Even if he doesn't, though. And so don't do that. But if you do, let us know how it worked out. <laughs> Preferably in video form, because that'll be a little funnier. So he, do, he does finally tell her that he's a Nazarite. Yep. That he's taking the vow and that if his head is shaved, then he'll lose his strength. Fourth time's the charm. Fourth time was the charm. Uh, so they come in, they get him. This is even more probably explicit than our references to sex, mild references to sex or kink, at least. They gouge his eyes out. They used him to grind grain in prison. Exactly. And they, and I think that gouging his eyes out is a big thing because... He can't see to defend himself. He can't see to attack anybody. Well, I mean, we also, when they cut his hair, the Lord left him. So that, I mean, it explicitly says that the Lord left him. They gouged his eyes out and put him to grinding mill. Yeah. It, you know? It's it, the end of his vow. Yeah. I mean, he ended the Nazarite vow. So the spirit of the Lord departed. Him. Yep. So they have him grinding grain. This is what's funny for me is that he's lost his anointing at this point, mm-hmm. but he's still strong. He's still strong. Not as strong as he was because he doesn't have that anointing of strength, which I think goes in line with that anointing of faith, but still strong enough that they're using him to grind grain. So they're still using his muscles. And so eventually they bring him into the pagan temple of Dagon Mm -hmm. and they're using him for amusement. And I think the Philistines call on him to to entertain them. You know, hey, bring that Samson out here. We want to be entertained. I think at the Colosseum and the Gladiators, that kind of thing, where they're having somebody come out and fighting a lion and stuff like that. That's obviously not what is going on because he doesn't have eyes. But I think that they're bringing him out and making a mockery of him. So he convinces the servant boy that brings him out. He said, let me lean on this pillar so that I don't fall down. And then he prays to God. He says, God, let me... Give me strength one more time so I can pay back what the Philistines have done to my eyes. Right. God pours the spirit out on him again, gives him the strength. This is what I put in my what I put in my notes. If Samson would have been a stand-up comedian, he walked into this stadium and killed. I wrote, he brought the house down. Right. Um, but yeah, so God gives him his strength. He pours the anointing out, and he starts pressing on the pillars. The entire stadium collapses on everybody and kills 3,000 men. It says that in Samson's death, he killed more than in his entire life. I mean, 3,000 plus people. But I think it's got to be close because we know that he killed 1,000 with a jawbone. We know he wiped out everybody after the whole Fox incident, or not everybody, but a lot of people in his retaliation after the Fox incident. He killed 30 earlier. I mean, you can add that up and you're probably easily at 1,500 already. But we don't really know how many people he killed in the, the great fury of retaliation. So I think you, you're probably... Close to 3,000 there. That that brings us back to this whole thing. With the Nazarite vow, the whole thing with him was that he was he was ordained to have a Nazarite vow for his entire life. Exactly. So after seeing that whatever he told Delilah she was going to do, he knowingly 
gave provided him, the information provided the opportunity yeah. for him to break that vow early, even right. though he didn't do it, it was done. But it was set up to be done. It's still a disobedience thing, exactly. And, but it's, yeah, we talk about Judas. It's easy to point the finger at Judas and say, "Well, you're the reason that Jesus was identified." Somebody had to do it, right? Because without Jesus being taken to the cross and dying for our sins, we wouldn't have had the new covenant fulfilled. In this situation, you see disobedience, which had a consequence to Samson, but it also gives us the lesson, if you disobey, it often requires your sacrifice for restoration. Right. So his sacrifice would have been giving his life one final time to have strength. Exactly. Samson discovers that he needs to yield to his purpose. And I was like, what's my purpose? Am I yielding to my purpose? Because he's he's ending that vow. He's giving into that. Some people could call it cowardness, but right. I think that he sees his purpose. He is being brought in now. What was he called to do? Judge. To judge and to take it out to the Philistine people. His calling was to take out the Philistine people. Right. Now he's in a Colosseum killing 3,000 what? Philistines. Philistines. Right. So he sees his purpose. So I'm like, well, what's my purpose? And am I am I yielding to my purposes? That's good because if you're not taking into consideration what your gifting is and what you're supposed to do, right? You can easily just walk throughout life without. I mean, this he he's fulfilling his calling at this point. Right at the end of his life, he's fulfilling that calling. He is annihilating three thousand plus Philistines at one time. Samson answering the call. Thanks for joining us today on Salt and Rock. If you liked what you heard. Feel free to reach out to us at saltplusrock at gmail.com. That's all letters, S-A-L-T-P-L-U-S-R-O-C-K at gmail.com. If you'd like to become a contributor to Salt Plus Rock, you can find us on buymeacoffee.com slash saltplusrock. Once again, all letters, S-A-L-T-P-L-U-S-R-O-C-K, where you can give a contribution as small as $5. Hey, every little bit helps. 